Welcome back to the Mission of Speed podcast. Today, we have my friend Jen McDaniel on the podcast. She is the owner and founder of McDaniel Nutrition Therapy. She's just a, really just a very positive, genuine human that I think you're just going to really enjoy the conversation. We dive into a lot of different topics. We talk everything about her business and kind of what the day-to-day looks like for her and what that client experience will look like. But we also get to have an opportunity to hear her story on just how she's got to become a business owner. And in addition to that, how she manages being a mom and business owner together. And we even get some free advice that I think that you'll want to stick around for. She is a, a very successful person, a nationally credited speaker, and also the co-author of the Mediterranean Table Cookbook. So much to dive into and so excited to have Jen on the podcast. As always, if you enjoy, please hit subscribe and let's get going with this conversation. Welcome back to the Mission to Speed podcast. Today, I am here with my friend, Jen McDaniel. Jen, how are you doing? I am great. And I am honored to be on your podcast because I've been following you, kind of stalking you on Instagram for quite some time. I've been in admiration of your company and it's really a pleasure to be with you today. Well, thank you so much. Those are kind words. And I feel like it's the same on my end too. So I would have actually assumed that you didn't know me and I was the one that was stalking you. Nope. Because for so many years, you know, I've heard your name. I've known about your business. Obviously, we'll get into that and just kind of hear the success that you've had. But more than anything, like I just thought it was just so cool how much energy positivity that you spread. And so we finally got introduced to each other. Well, we didn't really get introduced to each other. I think we just kind of made that happen through social media, right? Yeah. Well, City League, I think is yeah. how we sort of, you know, we were on, I, I was like, oh, this City League thing's pretty cool. And I joined a meeting and you were there and I was like, oh, uh, that's Mark. That's like, <laughs> I've been, <laughs> you know, just really admiring all the stuff that you do. So it was cool to be on a group, um, you know, collaborating with something similar. Well, it's amazing like to to have all these crossovers for so many years and then to be on something like the board of City League that that was a committee for an event they were putting on. Right. And that really made the excuse like, hey, we do need to finally get coffee. We do need to finally meet up, which for us, because we're both very active and busy bees and like to talk, we've turned those coffees into walks. So yes. which I think are very highly effective ways to network. So God, this is my, I also introduce you as like my favorite walking buddy right now, because I don't think I walk with a lot of people. So right. I run with a lot of people, uh-huh. but you definitely right now, exclusively my favorite person to walk with. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I'm surprised that you haven't asked me to go for a run or like, you don't be like, well, should we do a run? Or are we going to keep this walking? And it is. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it's really fun to be beside someone and kind of communicate that way. And it's different to do it face to face. So this is like our first face to face meeting, actually. It's, it is funny how that <laughs> goes and, and it's different energy for sure. But as we have microphones in front of us, I think that we will definitely have a lot more energy than, you know, normally just staring at each other. Uh, And so, you know, obviously I know a lot about your story, but one of the reasons why I'm bringing you on is to introduce you to my network. And what really big thing for me is, especially with my podcast, is I like to interview people who I consider like my superheroes. So like the people that I feel like are celebrities in my world. And that maybe, you know, obviously have their own networks of themselves, but maybe haven't been connected to some of my friends or people that follow or even just my clients. And so you really are very intriguing for this podcast because it's kind of multi-layer in terms of the obviously your nutrition background is something that, you know, I want to dive into and talk about. But you're a female business owner and a mom. So I think that's something that, you know, I know actually a lot of my uh, friends that are moms follow the podcast. They just love the stories of just hearing just the inspiration of business owners who, who are able to do that. And that's what yeah. I'm excited about with having you. And so can you just kind of share, you know, your path to to becoming obviously a business owner? Obviously, dietitian is probably the first thing mm-hmm. um, that yep. evolved from there. Yep. I'm kind of the lucky ones that are out there that knew what they wanted to do in high school. You know, I mean, I, I have a, a lot of reasons why I went into nutrition. First and foremost, I I love to cook and my mom was a piano teacher. And so she would teach after school. And a lot of times I'd kind of have to fend for myself for food for so my sister and I would be like, oh, God, we don't know. We don't want another Swanson dinner. Can we like figure out something else that we might be able to make? So I started getting in my groove with like making food for my family. And I was also very interested in health because I was a gymnast growing up. And I started connecting the dots that, wow, food can really help me to perform. And so I had this natural interest of loving to cook. I did really well in science in school. I loved classes like biology and anatomy and phys. 
And I was very interested in health. I had all the magazines at home. I was like looking through those sorts of things. When I went to my guidance counselor in high school, I said, here's some of the things that I really like. And she said, you know, there is this job called a registered dietitian. And I applaud her for that because it wasn't a really common, you know, profession that that you heard about. And so she told me about this. And um, and so I declared pretty early that that's what I wanted to do. And then on top of that, I do have to share this story because it plays a role and it has a, a large role later in my life and continues to be. But my dad had a quadruple bypass surgery at the age of 52 when I was a sophomore in high school. And so that was a very scary thing to see your father go through something like that at such a young age. And so that really kind of set the tone for me that food can be medicine. And he is someone who grew up in the South eating biscuits and gravy and a very active individual. But we in our family have an incredibly strong genetic predisposition to heart disease. And so that led to further projects down the road. But it really did lead to my my desire to be in prevention. You know, I thought I could be a, a physician or I could be. But I wanted to be on the side of helping people not having to get to the doctor's office. I, I love that. And it's, um, you know, I always forget about, obviously, the science component to things. And it's really cool that your guidance counselor is able to kind of make that connection for you. Kudos to all the great teachers and people that are in your buildings right. to be able to identify that for yourself. And then several years later, you're doing this as a career. And so that led you, obviously, into the profession. What did that look like for you? I know that you, you know, you taught at one point, like, Obviously, I'm sure this is kind of multi-layered into, you know, kind of how your career has evolved uh, from just going off to school, becoming a registered dietitian, and then obviously now being in the business of it. Yeah. Well, I have to I have to give a shout out to the profession. There is a difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist. So a nutritionist can be somebody who goes and takes an hour long course and then they declare that they have a pretty good sound base of nutrition. A registered dietitian has to go and get a four-year bachelor's degree. They need to do an internship that usually is about a year long, pass a test, and then continue to do continuing education. So um, that is what a registered dietitian kind of has to go through from like a school expertise setting. But um, so, yeah, so I held a bunch of different jobs. And gosh, that's the cool thing about being a dietitian is you can wear so many different hats. You can work in a clinical setting. You can work in a community setting. You can educate. Um, And so I've always been of the thought that I let sort of life unfold and see where it takes me. I'm not necessarily someone who's like, okay, here's my five-year plan. I'm a 10-year plan. (laughs) I'm kind of like, what's next? So that's where my jobs were. I worked in um, endocrinology, so helping people with diabetes management for a while. Um, And then I went and taught at St. Louis University. Um, I was a graduate student in my program, and I really got to know all the professors. So when I applied to do a teaching position there, um, they kind of took me under their wing, and I taught at SLU for about six years. And I was the didactic program director there, too. So I really got to mentor a lot of students and um, help them to become dietitians, which was very, very fun. But then when my husband and I wanted to start a family, I had to rethink, like, is is being a professor my long term goal? And it really wasn't because I wasn't super interested in like the research. I wasn't really interested in tenure and that whole thing. So that is really when McDaniel Nutrition became a baby is like when I had my first baby, McDaniel Nutrition also became a baby. And so that's how the only way I can remember how old my company is, is I have to see how old is my oldest son? Oh, yeah, he's 11. So McDaniel (laughs) Nutrition is 11 years old. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. I mean, that's a that's a feat in itself. Um, But then obviously, you've been in the industry, you know, for so many years, which is just really cool just to see how everything has evolved. And you know, I know that for you, like, obviously, you know, you've worked in the classroom and you've, you know, you've worked in, you know, helping people directly. Um, but you've also helped a lot of people that maybe you don't know, um, you know, through, you know, some of the cool things that, that I was reading up on your website, obviously do your research, uh, fellow podcasters. Nice, uh, and nice. this is probably going to be one, something we're gonna have to edit because I can't speak, but, uh, well, we're going to try this on one try. Okay, okay. Uh, Jennifer is the co-author of the Mediterranean Table cookbook. That was very good. I know. Now you have to spell it. Now spell Mediterranean. I still can't spell it. Z-Y-T. And and I'm glad that that we could hit that on one uh, one spot. But, you know, something that I think is really cool about, you know, just what you've done is that you've been able to figure out a way to wear the hat of obviously, you know, being in the profession and being out there doing the work. And then you've been able to make a career out of it. And then in addition to that, you have kind of a separate side, which is just you as the human, right? That's, you know, kind of detached maybe from your business. Obviously, everything's connected in one way or in another. 
Um, but writing this book, you know, being a co-author, what, what inspired you to do that? I think a lot of people are probably just amazed by the fact that you have a book. I mean, I, I know I am. Well, thank you. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun to work on. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky because I was a spokesperson for our Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, like a media spokesperson for many years, six years, many six. And, um, and through that opportunity, we got media training and we, we had opportunities to connect with, you know, um, journalists. And so Prevention Magazine came to me through that opportunity. So, you know, I don't believe that we just, you know, do things. We, we are lucky enough to meet people and get introduced to people. And, um, and I, networking, just as a side note, doesn't really come super naturally to me. I am a bit more of an introverted person. So I also just want to say for anyone who's out there who's an entrepreneur that the more that you can do that sort of thing and push yourself out of the, your comfort zone, that's when really good stuff can come. Um, and I do believe that's how that cookbook kind of became about. And so it really was in line going back to the story of my dad with heart disease and the Mediterranean diet has, in my opinion, and and in the, many health professionals' opinions, some of the most robust research there is out there in terms of this way and this pattern of eating and really not just the pattern of eating, but the pattern of living because the Mediterranean way is not just about food. It's also about how you live your life. It's about slowing down. It's about eating and just eating. It's about spending time with family. Um, and, and all of those things really encompass and embody who I am and who I try to be when I'm in front of clients, which is it's not just about nutrition. It's also about how do we deal with stress? How do we care for ourselves? How do we sleep? How do we move? All of those things have to be in place in order to be the healthiest version of ourselves. So the Mediterranean diet was just a very natural fit for me. And also it has really good data around things like heart disease prevention and brain health and diabetes. And so I just felt very comfortable working on that book. But um, so, yeah, it was the, the recipes are tasty. The pictures are beautiful. I certainly didn't do it by myself. There was a lot of lot of help involved, but it was really cool to see that come to life. Yeah. And with having a book and having something that, you know, is now a physical piece, it's, it's almost like, I mean, it's like being a professor, right? It's your, it's your material that you can provide to people. How often would you say you're referencing your book, you know, to clients or just people in general? I reference my book, but I reference a lot of books. I reference anything that, you know, is easy for people because to be honest, the Mediterranean table cookbook, while there's some recipes in there, they're really simple and straightforward. There's also a lot of recipes that have a lot of ingredients in them and might take a little bit more time. And people don't have a lot of time these days. And I think that's the one thing I'm constantly trying to help my clients figure out is how can I eat well in a way that fits in my lifestyle and fits in my busy day. You spoke about being an introvert, you know, and, and something that uh, I think a lot about with you is that you, you, I mean, you're, you're not going to see her because this is obviously audio. But you just you have so much energy that just radiates off of you. First time I ever met you, I'm like, oh my gosh, this person almost matches my energy in some ways. Uh, and you're excited, and you know, go go go. I don't think anybody would really realize that you needed that opportunity to to recharge at the end of the day. In addition to that, then you've put yourself out there. You've not been afraid, obviously, to have professional media training or to have a book where people read that and see that, and and you know that follows you. You know what's what is it like for you in terms of being able to kind of manage everything from that introverted lifestyle? I know you spoke a little bit about it earlier, but I wanted to touch more because I think it could be really inspiring for somebody that maybe has these aspirations to do some great things, um, but they might be thinking, hey, I'm not going to be able to do this because I'm an introvert. That's yeah. what I've been labeled uh, my online exam. Right, right. Totally. No, um, it's a constant work for me. It is. It really is constant work. And I feel like I am having to pay attention to myself. And when I know it's like, wow, you've you've done a lot. It's time to like, you know, to do some things that help you to calm down and find your center. And and I do do that every day. Like every morning I wake up around, I go to bed around the same time and I wake up around the same time, even on the weekends, um, most of the time. And and sometimes I'm like, my husband probably wishes that I could be a little, a little bit more flexible <laughs> in my day. But I do, I have three boys. And so it's like, I am very busy from that standpoint and they wake up kind of early. So I want to make sure that I wake up before them and I have time to have quiet. Quiet and stillness is really key for me in order for me to just figure out how my day is going to go and figure out my intention for the day. And and so that has been a critical piece is like just self-care with some quiet time built into my day. 
Um, but I also believe in exposure. So when you kind of were talking about how do I get out and do some of these things that maybe aren't typical of an introvert, um, it's like exposing myself to it and realizing I won't crumble and, you know, die. Right. And um, and there are moments. I mean, I have had multiple moments where it's like feels like panic attack in certain situations. Um, but I've had more experiences where I've been in them when I've been like, OK, that was OK. That that was might not have gone exactly how I wanted that to go. But, you know, I handled it and I did the best I could and I, I prepared. And so now I let it go. So I think I try to get myself into situations that might challenge me, might stretch me a little bit and to prove to myself that I can handle it. That's amazing. I mean, that's just that's it's so many of us and you meet people at all ages, you know, we're so limited sometimes by just, you know, what we've maybe been put in the box for, you know, what what we believe to be true about ourselves. And then to meet somebody who's not afraid to kind of take on challenge the norm, but then also to realize and recognize, okay, there are certain things I still have to do to make sure I find my center. And I'm the, I'm the same way in the sense of uh, maybe not as introverted, but uh, I go to bed, you know, pretty much every single night at nine o'clock and wake up pretty much every single day at 5 a.m. Yeah, you know, we're it's, the it's, same yeah, sleep exactly. schedule. <laughs> so if you see my, yeah, if you see active on Instagram, you know, uh, it's probably me and Jen at, you know, yeah. 5 a.m. and probably not after 9 p.m. Right. Uh, you know, unless it's the Super Bowl or something. Right. Uh, but it's, it's something that I've always kind of said it's my secret weapon, you know, because, yeah. you know, I don't have kids. Um, but I also realizing that like, for me to be able to bring what I need to in my job every single day and to have that energy and then just to be happy, you know, doing things like it's one thing to go to work and one thing to do the things that you like to do in your life and another to do it when you have a lot of energy that follows you. And yeah. that energy isn't just something that's going to come, you know, always naturally to people. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I have to, I protect it. I protect it. Like, I mean, to me, that that is the key to health is getting enough sleep. I mean, it affects everything and especially affects our mood. I mean, I know if I don't get my quality sleep, like it's harder for me to it's harder for me to like have the clarity. It's harder for me to have the energy. But when I get it consistently day after day, I've got everything that I need. Well, something I, that immediately comes to my mind when when you're speaking about this is some of your Instagram videos. Love them, by the way. Uh, your Instagram videos are awesome. I love the fact that Which you're ones? able to you... get in front of oh. a video oh. and be like, let's talk about beans this week or <laughs> let's talk about nutrition. Like you are not afraid to jump in. Obviously, we just kind of covered that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but don't you think in a lot of ways, like because you're so well-centered, because you're getting your rest, because you're doing what you love every day, do you ever just like feel like you're maybe sitting, I, this happens to me all the time, you're sitting in front of a client in your office and you're just like, how are you not having the best time ever right now? <laughs> like, let's go, let's do this. Do you... Does yeah. that kind of evolve for you? Because <laughs> those videos at least make it seem like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think I am. Um, I always not mirror the energy of my clients, but I give them permission to be whatever energy they need in that day. And I kind of work work with that um, because I do think my work and my diet and the team, we haven't really mentioned that. But, you know, there's other dietitians in McDaniel Nutrition um, that I'm very pl- privileged to work with those those women. But anyway, our team, I do feel like um, we truly believe that we want clients to be able to be who they are and to be vulnerable and to be able to share whatever is going on with them. And we're not afraid to do that either. And I think that is something that I also have really tried hard with at least my personal Instagram is to um, just be not show the shiny, happy stuff, but to show the stuff that might be a struggle or to be the, you know, when I'm having a hard time as a parent or I've got a, you know, an injury right now that's keeping me from doing the running that I want to do. And I just want to share all of that in a way that, you know, is protects the people that, you know, I don't want to say, say something about my husband, how we're in a really big fight. <laughs> I, I protect it, but I am not afraid to be vulnerable. And I really want to open that door up because I feel like our clients, if, if we're working with someone who's trying to make life changes, the more vulnerable and open they can feel. And they can be in our time together. They're so much more likely to move towards their goals better. Yeah. And like with what I do, like in running, like if I'm actually going and training for the races and running it, that's kind of my example. I show to people. But in your sense of the world, you know, obviously living a healthy lifestyle is going to inspire your clients, but then your vulnerability even more, um, you know, showing that transparency and just at, when it, what really resonates with me, you know, what you're saying or really what comes to my mind is just authentic being authentic. Like it's exactly what I feel like when I think of you and think of those things that I've seen through your postings. Um, I can only imagine how refreshing it is for certain clients that do follow you to be like, wow, like, you know, she just gave me advice last week when I was going through a really tough time and I had no idea 
that she was in such a positive lifting mood helping me while she was struggling with something too. And mm -hmm. that's something I think that's power in itself sometimes is helping, you know, what we do, especially like we're trying to help people every single day be the best versions of themselves and be happy and be healthy. It's our job to come with really good energy and to inspire them. But it's also kind of meeting them, you know, through the middle to show that we aren't some fake person or person that doesn't feel these things, more just showing that there are just certain stances in your life you have to move forward with a good attitude. Not that you can't, you know, have bad days or need the time to reflect or all the rest of those things. Just more like I'm showing you how you can do it both, you yeah. know, in some ways. And that's something I think about a lot with like kind of what you're saying. Um, and, and what, so what is, what's it like, what does it look like? We come into McDaniel Nutrition at the, at the newest offices All here right. off of, uh, yes. it, what road are we on? I don't Merrimack. even know. <laughs> Merrimack Road. Sorry, Thrive Go. I have no idea. I just get here. I just remember, you know, visuals. 222 Merrimack and I'm right across the street at 225. <laughs> and, and so we go, come in for the first time to your office, this beautiful new, you know, new shiny office that you guys have, um, as of what, like a week or two weeks or so? This yeah, is two weeks. pretty new. Mm -hmm. So even more fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would just kind of love to hear the experience and kind of share that with some of our listeners. Yeah, I think that's a good question because a lot a lot of times people have never really worked with a registered dietitian, so they don't know what to expect. Or maybe they think that we're going to be the food police and they need to bring in their journal and we're going to give it a bunch of red marks, you know. And um, and so really in the beginning, the first session that we have with our clients, there's just a lot of listening on the part of the dietitian. And we do. We ask all the questions from not only what are you eating, but why are you eating what you're eating? Because to me, that's such a more important question. Why do we make the choices that we eat? And another really important question is, how do you eat? Are you eating really fast? Are you eating also while you're watching television? Are you eating while you're standing up? Like all of those things play a role in how our body works with food. So we do a lot of listening around what, how, why we do, you know, how are you moving your body? Tell me about your stress. Even I like to ask questions about even growing up. Tell me what it was like when you were a kid and how you ate as a family, or maybe you didn't eat as a family, or maybe your parent told you you need to clean your plate, right? So when we understand someone's history and the, the relationship around food, then we can really work with that client better based upon their goals. And goals could be anything. We have clients who come in there that want help with their triathlon training. We have people who are there because they're trying to get rid of heart disease, um, eating disorders, weight management. We do a lot. And so, you know, but in the end, I always believe that the client is the wisest one in the room about their own bodies. And so we just want to help pull that out and help make some direction for them. And then when they leave, have really clear, tangible things that they want to work on. So when they come back, we can follow up with those things and see how that went. That's that's awesome. I'm just like uh, inside, just jumping up and down with what you just said about how you're trusting your client and your client's the one that's you know really leading the charge. And I think so often coaches, I think so many, you know, health professionals in general, we can get stuck thinking we're, you know, right, they're wrong, whatever the case is, you know, and thinking you have all the knowledge in the world. And we forget the fundamentals of just that this is not about us. It's about improving the person that we're working with. Mm -hmm. And they're at the end of the day, you're going to know themselves the best out yep. of anyone. There's a coach that puts up a lot of great stuff on social media. Uh, named Steve Magnus, and he says, "Oh yeah, I got to yeah. just do do the hard things, yes. right? Yeah, I just yeah. got that book on Libby. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's you know it's a fantastic you know anything he puts out there, his podcast yeah. is whatever yeah, he's whatever he's got. Great. It's awesome read. But he said something along the lines like a few weeks ago of like if you're a good coach, you have pretty much you get to a point where you become obsolete because you've done enough to kind of you know equipped your athlete with enough knowledge right. you know for them to understand what they need and what they do and then your goal from there is just to be really just the guidance um, and I probably it probably it's the same you know in the line of work that you do yeah I mean I think that there's a lot of you know protocols out there we'll just use weight watchers for example and I know this they probably do things differently but back in the day when they had points it's like do you want to do points forever do you want to be married to points forever no. We believe that we want to empower our clients, give them the skills. Even like we've got a new um, a new service that we're doing, customized meal planning. And I struggled with this for a really long time because people would say, can you just give me a meal plan? And yes, yes, we can give you a very good meal plan. But first of all, that is a short-term fix. That is not going to teach you how to do these things. That's not going to get into those hows and those whys, right? So we want to do a more empowering way of helping you learn how to feel your body but our new customized meal planning program, like 
when you meet with us, yes, we've drafted out a two-week meal plan, but every two weeks when we meet with you, you help to craft that meal plan with us. So you learn how to do it. You learn how to put it together. You learn which food might be slightly better than another one and why. So then after a couple of months of doing that, you don't need us anymore. We don't want lifelong longers. We want the people who can, you know, we can empower them and then they can figure out how to do it on their own and they can move on. And maybe, maybe they need to come back at some point in the future for a quick refresher. But for the most part, I 100% agree with that. And you're working with a lot of different types of clients. Obviously, you're saying there's a lot of different reasons why people come through your office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where where are you finding people? You know, is this is this something that's kind of exclusive? Do you have to know Jim McDaniel to, to show up? Or is this something where, you know, I, I can show up with insurance or I can pay out of my pocket? How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So we started taking insurance a year ago. We were a private pay company for a very long time. And um, it just became important to me to be able to offer our services to a wider demographic. Um and I wanted also for people to be able to afford to come see us and to be able to afford us for as long as they needed us. And so we started accepting insurance and it, it's, it's been hard, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And um, but yes, yeah, so so we might be on your insurance panel um, because we you're you're in Blue Cross Blue Shield and you find our name that way. Um, a word of mouth has honestly been a very big thing for us. Our website has always really driven people to our, our services. Um, but I think we just have a longstanding, you know, reputation and l- thankfully in St. Louis, because I have um, created, we have created a team of such high caliber dietitians who believe in evidence, who believe in personalization, tailoring, and in my most important thing is compassionate approach um, with our clients. So I think that those principles have really carried us well and word of mouth travels. And yeah, so we're we're lucky to have, I mean, the best the best thing is when someone says, you know, I referred you to someone that there's no higher compliment than that. And, you know, I think what makes you guys unique, you can tell me if I'm wrong in this sense, obviously, maybe with a little bit of a biased perspective. Um, but, you know, a lot of times you think of dietitian or you think of like just going down, you know, for nutritional services, you go through kind of the mainstream hospitals um, and, and nothing wrong with those those avenues. But I feel like, you know, from my observation, you know, you get a little more a more per- personal touch with with your business. Um, but there's a little bit more like spirit camaraderie around it too. I know people might be thinking, well, you know, wh- you know, what does that mean? I'm just going in for my services, but it really like watching, you know, I've seen your clients, for example, I see how people speak about you, um, and how they follow your brand. You know, you guys remind me so similar of kind of what we do, you know, from the running coaching side of things. And, um, I think that really, you know, obviously reflects, you know, your life mission and what you want out of things, but it's, I think, you know, you're obviously your goal is to kind of help them get out of your office. But, you know, more than anything, I from my observation, at least, uh, it, you've kind of built a community, kind of built a, a family around what you're doing. Yeah, we're really lucky. I mean, we we have and those people tend to come back and they tend to tell their friends. But, um, you know, I think we just strive. Our team very much strives on staying on top of the evidence. Nutrition is always evolving. And I think it's really easy to get complacent and kind of just have the same conversations over and over. And, you know, our group, our our team of dietitians, we use this app, which I, th- I told you about called Voxer, which you can kind of like, you know, just hold down a button and talk back and forth. And so we are always talking about, hey, I've got this client who's struggling with this. And then we all come together and we all try to figure out, let's, oh, I've got this research article that I found, you know, so it's like, you don't just get one dietitian with us. You get our whole team because even if you don't know it, you might see the face of only one dietitian, but behind the scenes, we're all collaborating. We also love having interns. I've got two interns right now. So we've got, you know, fresh minds that come in that are bringing in new research too. So I just think that that's been, that is very important because the science is always evolving and we don't want to stand still. We want to like follow that too and make sure that we're giving our clients like the most recent information that we have about nutrition. Well, kudos to you for having the humility to be able to listen to other people, you know, to actually operate as a team, you know, and to be able to, um, you know, use your staff for the power of the good of, you know, representing the brand instead of, hey, I just have people that are, you know, here to assist me. Or, you know, a lot of times business owners can, you know, struggle just being receptive to feedback, you know, and I'm sure in something what you're doing, change is probably hard in some ways because, you know, you might in some ways, if you bring on a new dietitian to your staff, you might have more experience and might, you know, some dietitians might be like, well, you know, that's great. You think that, but this is how I see things, you know, it's cool that you kind of open up that line of dialogue. And I'm sure that really, 
um, you know, just makes it that much more of a positive place for those folks to work at. Yeah. I mean, I think um, we're all equals in our in our team. And I'm a really big fan of just constructive feedback and getting that. And it's hard. It's hard to receive feedback. I mean, I did a whole podcast with a therapist just on receiving feedback. Um, but I do think that if you can get good at receiving feedback and good at giving feedback, like that just creates, you know, a really good connection between people and a trust between people because you know that they're going to be honest with you and, um, and we're all here to grow and we, no one expects to be like, you know, right on every time. So yeah, I mean, I don't give constructive feedback all the time, but I certainly, if there's a place for it, I do, but then I ask for it in return and I want to know those things too. So I'll ask my office, office managers. Hey, how do you think I've been as a leader, you know, with our team meetings lately? How am I doing on those things? And, you know, they'll say stuff that I might need to improve on. It's hard to hear, but I do think the more I open up the invitation to do that, the better I get. That's probably one of the hardest things I think for most people, right, is is just the hearing that you're not perfect or hearing that, you know, that you maybe haven't been thinking for the last couple of weeks that this person might be feeling this X, Y, Z, and then being able to address it. And Obviously, sometimes it's just having that conversation that can change the world for that person. And mm-hmm. kudos to you for being open to doing those things, but also having a staff that's willing to to challenge you in those ways, too. Because yep. a lot of times, you know, you're not going to want to tell your boss or your colleagues, you know, that maybe have seniority over you um, that, hey, like, <laughs> you know, you need to improve on X, Y, Z. You know, yeah, you're somehow yeah. thinking for yourself. And and we're in such a we're in such a job. Our similar similarities in terms of our businesses are that you know, we don't really have somebody that we're reporting to, you know, and so you have to kind of create those a systems in yeah. place to hold yourself accountable um, or have people in your life that can kind of keep you in check. Yeah. When you started this business, did you ever think you were going to have like multiple dietitians and operate as a team or did you kind of think I'm going to help people and this is going to be a great way to kind of bring in some income and I'm going to do this and I'm gonna rock and roll? <laughs> yeah, I um. I knew I wanted a team because it is hard to be a solo practitioner and to do it all on your own. And it's not as fun. Um, So I I knew that that's what I wanted. But did I know that that would happen? Not necessarily. I mean, it was just a little bit of a slow start because I did have like a newborn as I was starting my business. So I wasn't really expecting I I didn't know how it would grow. And it has grown slowly. I don't want to pretend that all of a sudden my business just went from, you know, me being seeing a couple of clients a week to what it is now. Uh, where we, you know, every dietitian has many clients per week. That has been a very slow growth. It has taken time. It has taken patience. Um, it's the, taking the long view on that. So, and I think just consistency, just consistency of doing your very best, consistency of offering the services that you know people deserve. Um, and but but slowly, yes, we have grown. And but but it's not been like you know these overnight sensational, <laughs> you know, businesses that sometimes you see happen. Well, I think you, there's a lot of times there's the notion, especially like watching Shark Tank and some of these other places that like, you know, to have a successful business, you've got to sleep in your office all night and you have to, you know, have the winning idea overnight. And I think sometimes what gets lost, especially in the service industry, um, is that, you know, this is a grind. This is something that, you know, takes time, but we're building relationships, you know, and what relationship in your life, you know, when you go to the bar to meet the, you know, the love of your life is the first night you're going to share every single thing about each other and all the rest of the things. It takes time. You yes. know, you probably had multiple dates before, you know, maybe you got married or whatever, not horrible analogy. But, you know, see where I'm going with this is that I think in terms of what we do, we have so much, uh, you know, we have to reflect the ways that we're trying to teach, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of that transparency and right. honesty Patience. and trust. Yeah. Patience, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think a lot about your business and, and realizing, you know what, like maybe some things have gone slower, but if you didn't, you know, take that time, um, you know, to build in those ways, you wouldn't have the foundation for what's there now. Yeah. You know, and I mm-hmm. think in a lot of times there's a lot of businesses that go the opposite way. They're going as fast as they can to try to grow and to build more and more and more. And let's have, you know, hundreds of people, hundreds of staff. And they're maybe not taking that extra time to really think about like, okay, who are the people that are going to really work with me? You know, who are the people that are going to be the right people for for our brand? Because at the end of the day, you know, and this is something that we both have in common is that our name is on our business. So well, that's because I couldn't figure anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was suggested to do it. So we'll, bl- we'll both blame that. We're, okay. we're not egotistical, you know, you know, people out there that just love to hear our name every day. Yeah. But you forget. I forget it sometimes. You know, it's like this is, you know, whoever steps in your office is representing who you are, whether that's a customer and they are the ones that share, you know, what's your experience with you. 
um, or it's a staff member. Mm -hmm. And and it's our duty to be able to build the platform to be able to to hold that standard for ourselves. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've I've just always really tried to keep my eye on the journey versus the outcome, you know, and I think that um, it's that's really where the the meat is at for me. It's just like enjoying the whole process. And that's what I also believe in terms of like working with my clients that, you know, we we do work with a lot of people who are trying to lose weight. And I think that there's a lot of lack of maybe self-acceptance of where they are right there in that moment. And they feel like the acceptance will come once they are at a certain body weight or at a certain place in their life. And um, my hope is that we can see that the beauty is in the transformation. It's in like the day-to-day stuff. It's in the, hey, I ate this meal and I feel really good after I ate this meal or I feel really good after I moved my body. I'm paying attention to those subtle little things that are, that are sort of like the everyday things um, and versus getting so hung up on like, I'll be happy when. No, I want to choose to be happy in my in what I'm doing now in order to get there. Like every step matters. That's no, that's that's so fascinating. I feel like I again I'm getting full access to like your mind right now to be able to dissect like, you know, how you've created your business, but also how like you are inside the office buildings. And it's really fun from my, you know, vantage point. I know that our listeners will appreciate it too, because um I can just I can tell how much you just care about the greater good of your patients. And that's sometimes I think the conflicting thing about our businesses in some ways is that like I'm sure you feel the same way. Maybe you don't, but I think I'm a coach first and I'm sure like you feel that way in a lot of ways. Like, of course you have to have a, you have to, you know, have the business and think about the business, all the rest of the stuff. But at the end of the day, all that matters to me is like delivering the best possible job I can to help somebody get better at running. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure for you, you feel the same way, right? Yeah. When I'm, when I'm in the moment with a client, you know, that is how I feel. They're they're the only thing that matters in that moment. Right now, if I'm doing something else, then I, I, I try to, my main thing is I really try to be in the present moment. Like my life is so much better when I'm just in the moment versus when my brain is ruminating on other things. And so, um, so yeah, so when I'm in with a client, that is where I am. And, um, but, but in order to serve the client, then all these other things have to happen well too. And so, you know, I, that's, I, I work in the business, I work on the business, and I never want to not work in the business. Like I always want to see some clients, even though I really am trying to get my other dietitians to also be full. I want them to be as full as they want to be with how many clients that they need to see in order to make their own personal professional goals. So I'm always balancing that. But I do think that I will always be seeing some clients because that just helps me stay connected to the pulse of my company and the purpose of it. Do you take time to like reflect on, you know, like this is where you're at and like, here's what I've accomplished so far. Is that something you ever do? Uh, not a lot. Not a lot. I, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll be hit with something like, oh, okay, well, look, look at the calendar. Look at all, look at all the people that we get to see this week. You know, that's really cool. So sometimes I get sort of in the moment of awe or wonder with that, but I don't spend a ton of time like where I was and where we are today. It's I like I said, I really try to just be where I am. No, and I and I love that and I appreciate that. I think I I say it more like thinking about myself when I started my business almost eight years ago. And I can remember just thinking, well, if I could do this full time. Yeah. And I always like felt like I had a belief in myself that it would happen. But when you're not there, you're not there. Mm -hmm. You know, and you compare a lot and those different stuff. And as the years go on, you stay in your process and you stay in the present moment and you just keep building success. And then one day you wake up and you do have a full list of, you know, people and and that your 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 staff members do too. And you have an office and there's these things that are evolving. I mean, I, I hope that you do give yourself that that opportunity, you know, to give yourself that chance to think about that every once in a while yeah. because I think it is important. This is your unsolicited advice from your friend, yeah, well, non-psychologist, I'll take it. I'll take uh, Mark Spiewak. <laughs> Hit my DMs up if you need motivation. Uh, but it's 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 just it's so cool because I think so often you know what gets lost in the in the mist of life is our accomplishments that you know we've worked towards. And for us, we're both people who are probably always creating opportunities for ourselves. We want more. We want more. We want to keep pushing. We want to give the best for ourselves. And you know we forget sometimes the fact that hey. I've reached a level that maybe I thought that I could get to someday, but it's actually happening. You yeah. Know? No, I, I will take that advice. I will. And I think that, 
you know, are there certain people in your life that that will remind you of that here and there? Like I have a business coach and I remember, I don't know, maybe it's like the second or third meeting that I met with her. She was like, you know, this is good. Like, look, I didn't I didn't expect when I, you know, we were coming together that your company would look like this. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) So it is it is it is nice. I appreciate you saying that. And I will I will I will do that and kind of just pause a little bit more often to reflect on what how it's grown and what what's, you know, all the work that's gone into that and to give myself some some pats on the back. I'm a really big fan of self-compassion and um, self-compassion is something that I teach a lot of my clients because I think that that's crucial to moving forward in life. We have a, most of us have really good inner critics um, and they're loud and they talk a lot. And so um, I, I try to help them quiet those voices and bring out the more compassionate version of themselves. Ooh, that's so that's that just makes me want to ask you a follow up question on that. <laughs> Go. If you're willing to dive in. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm going to need to get my my insurance card out or pay you credit <laughs> cards, you know, for some of this information after this. But so I love that. I love just the the ability to be able to educate people on self-compassion and the fact that you're able to add that into. I mean, I walk into my dietitian office. I think I'm going to get the meal plan and the package and I'm going to go on my way and then oh my gosh, I watch way f- fulfilled. But you're also probably giving them tools on how to keep challenging themselves to hold themselves accountable to those goals. So I guess my question, if it makes sense, is how, in your opinion, do you help somebody have self-compassion while still being able to hold themselves accountable to what they need to accomplish? Yeah, I, there is a really big, um, I think, myth that you have to be hard on yourselves, you have to be determined. You know, You do need that critical voice because if you don't have it, you won't get up and do the things you need to do. And research has shown that's not true. Research has shown that people who are more critical on themselves get stuck more. They get stuck, that they get hard on themselves. They don't think they can do it. I, I also think that there's the whole black and white thinking, you know, well, I ate poorly today, so I might as well just continue eating poorly the rest of the day. And then that bleeds into the next day, you know. And so challenging these cognitive distortions or these ways that we think that are incorrect and one of those things is being hard on myself will help me to stay the stay the path, stay the course. And what the research of Kristen Neff, who is the self-compassionate guru, who looks at, you know, there's three components to self-compassion. One, recognizing I'm not alone, you know, humanity, mindfulness, being aware when I am hard on myself, and then finding ways that we can sort of reframe it and talk to ourselves in a way that is more kind. And when we when we talk to ourselves, like we might talk to a friend, we're so much more likely to move forward. And um, and we're when we cheerlead for ourselves, we're more likely to follow through. And we don't let you know a so called stumble like derail us. Because like it's fine. Everybody has this happen to themselves, you know, or everybody everybody has this mistake or overeats or emotionally eats here and there, right? But. What can I say to myself that can help me do the right thing next? And and usually it's something really kind and it's something helpful. So I will ask people like, so so what'd you say to yourself when that happened? Like, how did you handle that internally? You know, and then, you know, if they're honest, they'll probably say, oh, I was really hard on myself and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, well, that's normal, you know, but it's not helpful. And so I weave it into conversations all over the place. In fact, we just did a master class that was called The Voice of Self-Compassion in Weight Loss. My favorite podcaster, Ed Milet, always says, oh my gosh, this is the best thing that's ever, I've ever heard on my podcast. And it's every episode. <laughs> but I've actually never said this on my podcast. So that is probably one of the best things that I've had on my podcast ever. Now, granted, I've only been around for three years. With that said, <laughs> don't take anything away from that. Okay, all right. I, what I love so much about this conversation and your advice there is that you're, A, bringing in, you're bringing in legitimate research. Um, but you're bringing in that fire. You're bringing in that, you know, that day to day, like, you know, what you are telling your clients and how you are as a person. It's just to me, I just I'm, I'm thriving and I'm really appreciative that you're on this episode right now because it's just it's getting me sidetracked thinking about my own life. Like, let's go all this different stuff. So <laughs> that's my side note there. So, you know, what I want to cover a lot about, you know, your story is that you're a mom, you know, you have three kids and three boys. My mom's four boys. So oh, I can wow. I sympathize I with, that. Yeah. yeah, I can, uh, you know, only imagine what it's like in your household uh, and what your day to day is like. Uh, but more than anything, like you still have such aspirations to be a great business owner and to be a leader in your office and to create opportunities for females to, to thrive. And I think that's so incredible. 
And then in addition to that, you are a loving mom and you're always on the go and having a blast with your kids. Can you just share a little bit more about your experience of juggling the two things? Um, parenthood for me in the beginning was a really big shift. Like I, I really liked kind of like having my time, you know, and when my kids came into my life, well, well, I'll say the first one really, you know, it was a very, it was a challenge. I, I struggled quite a bit. I think I probably had a little bit of post, you know, the depression stuff that went on. And, um, and so it, it took me a while to honestly find my groove. I mean, obviously I had the desire to be a wonderful mom. I, I wanted, and, and I, I was a good mom, but I think as all parents do, we evolve over time. And what I have realized is that I must care for myself in order to really care for my boys. Um, I do feel like my boys are some of my best teachers. They have taught me true patience. They have taught me non-resistance. <laughs> Um, they taught me to be more playful. You know, I think that's kind of one of the things that I'm really working on this year is to just not take life so seriously and not to take myself so seriously because I'm really good at taking myself very seriously. And so they've taught me how to be more playful and light and, you know, and just to know when I need to take a minute to go take some breaths and to come back. Have I lost my on them many times? Yes. And I that always makes me feel not like, oh, oh I did it. I don't. I'm trying not to do that anymore. But um, but yeah, they they really are my best teachers and um, and they're just so much fun. And, you know, they they are my priority, um, but I am also my priority. And I do feel like if I, you know, it's easy. I think that's many times when women lose themselves is when they have kids because we we become their everything and we become their care. We are responsible for them. And in that responsibility, we sometimes lose ourselves and so I have just really strived to remind myself how important it is to care for me so I can truly, really care for them and my husband. That's special. That's really, really special. And I'm sure really helpful for people that are listening that maybe uh, haven't ventured off into the professional world while already having kids. Uh, you know, maybe they're looking for that inspiration to how do I juggle it all? Or it's somebody, you know, that's going to have kids in the near future and wants to be able to understand, hey, this person is still doing it too. And um, very appreciative just your honesty and transparency because it's uh, it's something that I think a lot of times it's lacked with a lot of successful people. Not that I think obviously there's a lot of people now, there's a much more movement in the last five years of podcasts and you're hearing a lot more inspirational stuff. But, you know, like you said, like you're sharing, you're sharing real stuff on, on social media that is really helpful for people to see that it's not just all roses and daisies all the time. But you're living a very authentic real life, and that's that's amazing. In addition to your your world of uh, you know being a business owner and mom, I know you have had a passion for running for many years, and yep. unfortunately have been dealing with a little bit of an injury. But you know, I know that you've also been striving to run pain free. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on in in that department? Yeah, that's been patience for sure. It's been about nine months since I've run without. Um, without pain, I had a, I mean, my last marathon was the best marathon that I've ever had. And, and honestly, like I keep telling myself, that's the last marathon I ever had. At least I had a good one, you know, <laughs> at least it was a good experience. But I've really, um, I've learned agency in this. I have learned that when I walk into a doctor's office, I need to come in with research. I need to come in with questions. I need to advocate my, for myself because in the past, when I've been a patient, I have been you know, sitting there passive, listening, what do you think? And it's really been interesting for me to be on that side of the equation. And it, it makes me grateful when clients that, that we see in our practice come in and come in with questions and come in with research and might even question us because that's what I am doing with my own care in order to understand what's going on with this injury because it has not been a straightforward injury. It's not like, oh yeah, you've got this, this or this, you know. I come into people's offices and they, oh, well, hmm, you know, what should we do? And I've also sort of just um, meandered between, okay, let's let's really work on this hard. Let's let's go the let's look at surgery. And then I've also gone, no, let's just see if my body can do this on my own. And you you just go back and forth between those two models. Um, but again, I, I do have to trust myself as the wisest person of my body and um, listen to it. And so I can still run like I ran this morning, but every step. I felt. And so, um, so yeah, I'm still sort of figuring it out, but it is, it's really been an opportunity for me to have empathy for other people who have gone through some of these more chronic, um, you know, injuries and, 
I've learned a lot in a way that I know that someday I'll be able to help others with this. And I am, and I, and I know I'll be able to run again someday without pain. I know I will, whether it means I have to have a surgery and, you know, rest for a long time, which will be difficult or not. Um, I trust that the path will be as it needs to be. And all these lessons that I'm learning along the way are, are important. I give you so much credit for just being willing to stay on course with it. Um, and, and realizing too, that there's still positives, not always perfect, but sometimes you can still take something positive away from that. And I, I hope that, you know, it all comes off of really good karma and you're rewarded for it because that's what you absolutely deserve. Um, and, and I can only, under, you know, imagine how frustrated it's been. And you put up on Instagram the other day about like how to go to a doctor's office and advocate <laughs> for yourself. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think so many of us, uh, especially people like ourselves um, who maybe sometimes don't want to rock the boat uh, or afraid to ask those questions. And um, sometimes you just have to raise hell to to be able to advocate for yourself, like you said, and mm-hmm. realizing, and you know this from your industry, there's a lot of people that need help. And so sometimes you're not always getting the full attention or urgency, not because they don't care about you, but because of the fact that there are lots of people, you're high demand. And so if you're not expressing that this is a high demand for you too, um, it can be kind of put under the waist for it. So um, that's very, that's very, uh, very touching. And I'm, I'm hoping, like I said, that things get better for you. How, how do you. we find you on social media? If we want to find, uh, your, obviously we'll maybe we'll go through your business and your personal sure. social, if you're okay sharing that. Right. So business is at McDaniel nutrition. And then my personal is Jen McDaniel RDN, which stands for registered dietitian nutritionist. And then our website is McDaniel nutrition.com. And we don't do TikTok and we don't do Twitter. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't figured out really how to, I like the video TikTok thing. I haven't gotten on it and Twitter. Uh, yeah, I just haven't done any of that. But Facebook is McDaniel Nutrition Therapy. Well, we will look for those and we'll make <laughs> sure that our audience is able to access that. And it, she is a great follow um, on both both sides. There's lots of information that's uh, shared on both pages. Um, and then if you follow Jen, you're going to get a lot of you know authentic posts that are going to inspire you. But also... Um, videos like, uh, you know, just the fact of teaching you how to go to a doctor's office. I mean, that helped me. I had to go to the doctor a day later and I was like, man, anyway. I was thinking about what Jen was saying. Oh, so cool. thank you so much for, for coming on this. Yes. Uh, no, this, I'm honored to have had the chance. I this, really am. Well, th- this is hopefully one of very many, okay, um, cool. because I think there's just so much we could still get into obviously to talk about. And, uh, thank you again for, for just every point you went through and like, I'm still, right now still super pumped up about the conversation that we had about self-compassion but also like challenging the norms of you know how you're motivated and things like that and so i can tell that you know i have not personally been in your office but i can tell that somebody that's going to come in and you know get treatment from yourself or one of your dietitians they're going to get you know the full experience and that's what i think what what matters most so thank thank you you again and uh, we will look forward to the next time and for now Uh, I will hopefully, you know, see you for a walk here sometime soon or maybe even a run. We never know. That'd be great. I'd love that. Awesome. Thanks so much. 